Wowzers. Before we start the show, just a couple of quick things. Number one, if you haven't heard yet, the Wow in the World pop-up party is coming to three more cities this summer. We'll be in Boston, Massachusetts on June 2nd, Chicago, Illinois on July 6th, and Denver, Colorado on July 14th. Denver has just officially sold out, and Boston is not far behind. So snag your tickets soon and save yourself a seat. Also, we're already planning more shows for the rest of 2019 and 2020. In fact, we'll be back in Washington, D.C. on February 29th of 2020, and members of the World Organization of Wowzers get first dibs on tickets starting tomorrow, May 28th. Tickets go on sale to the general public starting Friday, May 30th. For more on how to get tickets to any of our live events, just visit tinkercast.com slash events. That's tinkercast.com slash events. That's it. Hope to see you out in the world very soon. One Take Studios, home of the Bruni Soto Show, a daytime talk show where we explore the issues, important issues, like what's up with peeing in pools, where do birds go in the nighttime, and of course, our Flemmy award-winning episode, Cute Aggression. What is it and why? To attend a taping of the Bruni Soto Show, visit the box office. Welcome to One Take Studios, home of the Okay, Mindy, come on right through this door. Hey, Roz, where are we? How long do I have to keep this blindfold on for? It's not a blindfold, Mindy. It's a silk eye mask. Can you just tell me where we're going? Uh, well, well, I'm sorry for all the secrecy, but we're almost here. Almost where? Wait, stand right there. Okay. Ready? Three, two, one... Removing your eye mask and ta-da! One Take Studios, the Bruni Soto Show. (gasps) Guy Ross, did you get us tickets to the season premiere of the Bruni Soto Show? Happy unbirthday, Mindy! Oh, you remembered! How could I unforget? Guy Ross, this is the best unbirthday present I've ever gotten. It's also the only unbirthday present I've ever gotten. Thanks, buddy. You're welcome, Mindy. And on top of it being your favorite TV show, I also heard that this season premiere is based on one of my favorite areas of psychology. Psychology, the science of our minds and why we do the weird things we do. Er, behaviors. Right. And so what is the first episode all about? Our fears. Our fears? Yeah, that's right. Like having a fear of heights or a fear of the dark, both of which are sometimes referred to as phobias. Oh, yeah. Phobias are like those extreme fears, right? Like the kinds that are sometimes passed down from our ancestors. Exactly. Like 
you know, there's not much reason to be afraid of the dark today. But 10,000 years ago, our ancestors would have had a lot of reasons to be afraid of the dark. For starters, there might be predators in the dark. Yikes. And did you know that the word phobia comes from the Greek word phobos, which translates into English as fear? Interesting. So someone with a fear of heights might have... Acrophobia. And someone with anatodiphobia might have... Might have a fear of... Actually, I don't think I've heard of that one before. Fear of being watched by a duck, Guy Raz. A fear of being watched by a duck? Is that even a real phobia? You know it is. Maybe they'll have that one on the show today. Attention. Today's live taping of the Bruni Soto Show begins in five minutes. If you've already purchased your tickets, please make your way to security. Come on, Mindy, that's us. Right behind you, buddy. What? What? Please empty your pockets and place all belongings on the conveyor belt for screening. All right, you're clear. Keep it moving. You there, with the elbow patches. Step forward, please. Okay, and but... And you, with the toolbox? Oh, whatever. Everything on the conveyor belt, please. Not a problem, Mr. Security Man. Thank you. <sighs> there we go. Huh. Mindy, how heavy is your adventure toolkit? Yeah, I had no idea where you were taking me for the surprise today, so I had to prepare myself for every possible situation. Hold on. The milk detectors are going off. Milk? Milk is prohibited on the premises. Bruni is lactose intolerant. Hmm. Looks to be a lot of milk. Nearly four gallons. Mindy, what were you doing with four gallons of milk in your bag? Guy Raz, that could be anybody's milk who set off the scanner. Jerry, the scanner says the milk is in that case. The one that says Mindy's Adventure Toolkit and has the sticker on it that says Warning, contains milk. Uh... That's the one. Open it up and get rid of the milk. (coughs) Mindy, are those cats jumping out of your toolkit? We talked about this. Now you know who the milk was for. Come on, cats. Okay, okay. Scanner says you're clear now. You can go through. Thank you very much. Come on, Mindy, let's go find our seats. What? 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 <laughs> We're live in two minutes. Two minutes to air. Hi, welcome to the Bruni Soto Show. Uh, oh, yeah, hi. Uh, we're just trying to find our seats. <laughs> oh, sure. Let me just take a look at your tickets. Ooh, front row. You two are seated right down here. And here are your ponchos. Ponchos? Ponchos. Uh, why do we need ponchos? First three rows require ponchos. That doesn't really answer my question. Yeah, but it does kind of rhyme. Sorry, sir, we're in a bit of a rush. Just please take your seats. Okay, but... Come on, Guy Raz, put your poncho on. We're going to miss the beginning of the show. Mm. It's like a glove. Ah, luxury. It's starting. Going live in three, two, one. Today we are exploring fears and the feelings that keep us awake at night. We meet an anglerfish who is afraid of the dark, a flea who is afraid of heights, and a shark who is absolutely terrified of orcas. 
shark who's afraid of orcas? I know, right? What do sharks have to be afraid of? They're like the lions of the sea. Wait, no, Mindy. I, I think I've heard about this before. Really? Yeah, there was a study done at the Monterey Bay Aquarium. Oh, I've been there. The one in Northern California? Yeah. What did they find? The scientists found that the great white sharks that swim off the coast of California would get out of town as fast as they could anytime orcas showed up. Orcas, a.k.a. killer whales? That's right. And the part that really got the researchers curious was that these great white sharks would avoid these areas where the orcas swam for almost a year after they first saw the orcas. Sharks? Scared of whales? Yeah, it seems like there's a pretty good reason they're on this episode all about fears. I'll say. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to bring out our first guest. Please welcome to the stage our first fearful friend from the depths of the Atlantic Ocean, Hilton the Anglerfish. As always, we have our expert animal translator, Terry, with us today. Say hello, Terry. Hi, Bruni. But I want to talk to you, anglerfish. Tell me, Hilton, a fear of the dark must be pretty tough for a fish that lives 5,000 feet under the sea. That's right. When you get that deep, you can't see anything. Light rarely reaches any deeper than 700 feet past the surface. So how exactly do you keep yourself from being overcome with fear down there? Well, I have this neat little flashlight with me at all times. It's actually attached to my head. I sometimes use it to catch liner. I'm sorry, did you say liner? Uh, oops, sorry, Bruni, bad translation. Dinner. I sometimes use it to catch dinner. Well, Hilton, that sounds like something our audience would love to see. Audience, would you like to see Hilton's little flashlight? Steve, cut the light. Oh no, not the dark. Unbelievable. Well, Hilton, the anglerfish, I can see your light and you are shining bright. You know what? You're right. If it wasn't for the darkness, you wouldn't be able to see this little light of mine at all. I also wouldn't be able to catch dinner. I mean dinner. Thanks, Bruni. Thanks for helping me face my fears. Thank you, Hilton. Thank you for your bravery. After the break, a flea that just can't stand heights. And later, a shark whose crippling fear of orcas pushed him out of his hunting grounds for almost a year. And we're clear. Oh, I love this show. The drama, the rolling blackouts. It really is fascinating live TV, Mindy. I can't wait to hear what that shark has to say about his fear of orcas. Oh, yeah. Weren't you just saying that there was a scientific study about that? That's right. The study was conducted in the Farallonis National Marine Sanctuary off the coast of San Francisco in California. So how do you even measure how scared a great white shark is? Well, you get them to fill out a questionnaire. No way. Of course not, Mindy. I was just joking. You were joking? What the researchers did was to observe or watch very closely how the great white sharks and the orcas interacted when both of them were hunting for food in this national marine sanctuary. Uh Uh-huh. 
Huh. And the researchers were able to observe these interactions in two different ways. So the first way was when great white sharks would actually bump into an orca out in the wild. Like when I bump into Dennis in the grocery store. Exactly. And what was the other way? Well, the other way was using a bit of math. I love math. So the researchers looked at the data or the information from 165 great white sharks that were tagged. Tagged? Like stuck in the mud? Well, not exactly. The researchers put these little devices called acoustic tags on the sharks to learn more about them and their behavior. Oh, so like what they eat and their migration patterns or where they swim. Exactly. So what did they learn from these 165 tagged sharks? Well, they compared the migratory patterns of these sharks. Migratory patterns as in where they had been. That's right. And they compared where the sharks had been with orca sightings. Huh. And then what? When the researchers compared how the sharks migrated to where they saw the orcas, they found that every time the orcas showed up, the sharks would just hightail it out and go further up the coast to do their hunting somewhere else. With their tail between their legs, I bet. Or fins fins between their legs. Anywho, sounds like they were scared. Well, that's basically it, Mindy. Going live in three, two, one. And welcome back to the Bruni Soto Show. Today, we're delving into the deep blue sea of fear and insecurity. Our next guest is a flea with the local circus whose entire act depends on her soaring to great heights, and yet this little parasite can't stand being more than 30 centimeters off the ground. Please welcome to the stage, Patricia the Flea! I can't see anything! You know what? Me neither. Camera three, can we push in a little? Closer. That's it. Closer. Ah, there she is. So, Patricia, you have a fear of heights. That must be difficult for a species of insect that can jump the way you can. I'm sorry, Terry, the translator, is Patricia speaking? I think so, Bruni. It's a strange dialect, but I believe I can translate. Okay, I think I've got it. Patricia says, that's right. If I try my hardest, I can leap nearly 30 centimeters into the air. If I were the same height as a human, that would be the equivalent of jumping over the Empire State Building. Wow, that is impressive. It would be if not for my fear of heights. See, whenever I jump over 10, 12 centimeters, I freak out. It's cost me everything. Just last month, I lost my job at the circus. That is awful. And all because of a phobia you never asked for. I'd do anything to get rid of it. Excuse me? Ah, Sorry, I'd do anything to get rid of it. Ah, well, Patricia, do we have a surprise for you. We contacted your old circus and explained your phobia faux pas, and they have agreed to take you back on. Not as a high-flying trapezist, but as a contortionist. Huzzah! Oh, happy day! <laughs> Better get stretching that thorax. Coming up after the break, our final guest, a shark 
with the crippling fear of orcas. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. And we are clear. Man, I always thought that sharks were the biggest, baddest predators in the ocean. But I guess there was a bigger, badder predator out there all along. Well, Mindy, both great white sharks and orcas are what's known as apex predators. Meaning that they are at the top of their food chains. That's right. Meaning that they aren't usually eaten by any other animal in that environment. Ah, so the orcas are not going into the great white shark's territory to hunt them. They're just looking for the same food as them. Exactly. Elephant seals are actually on the menu, and both species want to take a bite. But when they come face to face... The great white sharks turn and run, because they would rather hunt in a different area where the orcas don't go. Wow, I guess everyone really is scared of something. Even a big, scary, great white shark. And we're live in three, two, one. If you're just joining us on the Broody Soto Show, we're talking today about fears and phobias. Our last guest today is known as the Lion of the Sea. I told ya. Measuring in at more than 15 feet, with more than 15 rows of razor-sharp teeth. What could this terrifying apex predator possibly be afraid of? One word. Please welcome our next guest, Bruce the Great White Shark! Whoa! Look at the size of him! And look at the size of that tank! Whoa, mama! Huh, why do they bring out two tanks? Well, there's only one way to find out, Guy Raz. What's that? Button up your poncho, sit back, and enjoy the show. Oh, right. Now, Bruce, tell me a little bit about where you're from. My family is found all over the world, from the Mediterranean to the Atlantic to the Pacific. But my immediate family, we tend to live and hunt just off of the coast of Northern California. Go, Warriors! Yes, sports! From Northern California. But that is not the case anymore, is it? Do you want to tell me what happened? Well, every September through December, me and my family migrate to the Farallon Islands off the coast of Northern California to hunt elephant seals for a couple of months. It's an old family tradition. We've been doing it for Sears. Uh, um, Sears? Oh, sorry. Years. We've been doing it for years. But last year was different? That's right. There we were, minding our own business, when suddenly, out of nowhere, this pod of orcas show up. And you ran away? Well, yeah. Have you ever seen an orca before? They're terrifying. Me and my family, we hightailed it out of there to go eat somewhere else. And how long ago was this? One Sears ago. I mean... One year ago. It's been one year, and you still haven't returned to your hunting ground? That's right. And I don't know if I'll ever go back. That's no way to live, Bruce. It sounds like somebody has to face their fears. What do we say, studio audience? Is it time for Bruce to face his fears? Bruce, it's time for you to face your fears right in front of all these good people. Studio audience, 
Are you wearing your poncho? Oh, yeah. Yes. Release the orca. Drop that orca into that big empty tank? Guess we finally found out what that tank was for. We also found out what these ponchos were for. I'm soaked. Bruce, I need you to look that orca in the eye and realize that it is a marine apex predator just like you, with a family just like you, and that there is enough food to go around. Do you see? Looks like we have a breakthrough! And that's all the time we have, folks. Tomorrow on the Bruni Soto Show, a hippo and a deer trade diets for a week. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you next time. And we're clear. That's a wrap. <laughs> what a show! And what a finish! The way she was able to make those two predators make up. Did happen with that research? Well, it proved that food chains aren't always as straightforward as we thought, and that sometimes a single environment can have more than one apex predator. And knowing that can help us to monitor and to research marine ecosystems in the future. Correct, Amundo. Hey guys, we're gonna have to ask you to move out of here. We got the national pie eating competition starting in about 20 minutes. So Unless you want to hang around and watch that. Can we, 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 Well, it is your own birthday. Yes! All right, have fun, guys. Hold on to those ponchos. You're gonna need them. Wait, wait, what? Wow in the World, we'll be right back. Grown-ups, this message is for you. Support for this podcast and the following message for parents come from Little Passports, the subscription service for kids whose curiosity can't be contained. The Science Expedition subscription brings fun and discovery together every month with hands-on STEM activities and experiments. Young scientists will get the chance to do everything from extracting DNA from a strawberry to launching a stomp rocket or even building a solar-powered car. Learn more at littlepassports.com NPR. Support also comes from Rockets of Awesome, Fun and stylish clothing that both kids and parents will love. Rockets of Awesome delivers value and quality by designing on-trend clothes for every occasion. Choose from dozens of -of one-of-a-kind items, ranging from sizes 3 to 12, made with super soft fabrics, and all designed to be mixed and matched so you know your kids can grab any two pieces and look put together. Visit rocketsofawesome.com slash wow for 15% savings towards your first purchase today. On Bullseye, I talk with people who make amazing work. Greta Gerwig, Errol Morris, ASAP Ferg. The conversations are real and funny, and they take you somewhere unexpected. Find Bullseye with Jesse Thorne on NPR One or wherever you get your podcasts. That's it. Back to the show. Hi, thanks for calling Wow in the World. After the beep, get ready to record. Hi, Mindy and Guy Ross. My name is Theo, and I'm nine years old, and I live in Berlin, Germany. My wow in the world is that 
Eagles have the best vision on Earth. They can see about eight times as far as humans. Bye. Wow in the world, wow in the world, wow in the world. Hi, my name is Tyra. My name is Violet. My name is Jane. And we live in Moscow, Georgia. And all around the world is the biggest organ on your body is your skin because it all connects to each other. And then mind your own beeswax. Mind my own beeswax? I always mind my own beeswax. My beeswax is the best beeswax. <laughs> Reggie, let me see your beeswax. I want to make sure it's not as good as mine. Hi, Minnie and Guy Raz. My name is Deanna, and I live in California. And my wow in the world is that a rainbow may look like an arch, but it's actually a circle. You would have to... The only way you can see a circle is you would have to be in the plane flying over. Bye! <laughs> Hi, Mindy and Guy Ross. My name is Condor, Connor. I live in Vermont. And my wow in the world is that you, it takes 43 gallons of sap to make one gallon of maple syrup. And you can only collect it in the spring. Say hi to Reggie for me. Bye. Hi, Wow in the World. My name is George, and I live in Bethesda, Maryland. My Wow in the World is that Russia is the biggest country in the whole wide world. It's almost as big as the planet Pluto, and it borders 14 countries. It also has nine time zones. Bye, Wow in the World, and say hi to Reggie for me. Hi, Reggie and Des. My name is Lander. I'm from Newburgh, Oregon, and my wow in the world is that smartphones and tablet screens read your touches by sensing electrical charges from your fingers. Say hi to Mindy and Guy Raz. Bye. Hi, Mindy and Guy Raz. My name is Zoe, and I live in Rockdale, Maryland. My wow in the world is that you can tell if a snake is poisonous or not poisonous by the shape of its pupil. Bye. Love your show. Say hi to Bucky for me. Hello, my name is Wyatt, and I live in Vienna, Virginia. And my wow in the world is that your fingertips grow at the same speed as continents move. And hello, Reggie. And hi, Dennis. Ahoy there. And can Reggie fly over for a little while? What? End of messages. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for hanging out with us this week on Wow in the World. And to keep the wow rolling, check out this week's scientific conversation starters at our website, wowintheworld.com. And grown-ups, there you can find more info on how your kids can become members of the World Organization of Wowzers, shop our wow shop, upload photos and videos to us, and check dates for our upcoming live events. That's wowintheworld.com. Our show is produced by Jed Anderson. Who provides the bells, whistles, and silly characters. Say hello, Jed. Yellow. Our show is written by me, Guy Raz, and Thomas Van Kalken, who also provides silly characters. Tom? Hello there. And big shout out to Bruni Herring for lending their voice to this episode. Thanks also to Jessica Bodie, Casey Kofer, Rebecca Caban, Kit Ballinger, and Alex Curley. Meredith Halpern-Ranzer powers the wow at Tinkercast. Our theme song was composed and performed by The Pop-Ups. For more info on their two-time Grammy-nominated all-ages music, 
find them at thepopups.com. And grown-ups, you can follow Wow in the World on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Wow in the World. And our email address is hello at wowintheworld.com. And if you're a kid with a big wow to share with us, call us at 1-888-7-WOW-WOW for a chance to be featured at the end of the show. Also, if you haven't already done so, please subscribe to Wow in the World on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, leave us a few stars, a review, or just tell a friend about the show. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, keep on wowing. Jing! Tinkercast and sent to you by NPR. Everyone wants to raise kind kids, but how do we even do that? We often just expect people to be kind. We think, oh, you're a good kid, you're going to be kind. The evidence shows kindness is a skill, one that takes practice. Find Life Kit's new guide on how to raise an awesome, kind kid in Apple Podcasts or at npr.org slash lifekit. <laughs>